Hey, hey everyone, it's Tori Townley with Servolution. On behalf of Pastor Dino Rizzo and our whole team, we want to welcome you to the Serve Brew. So grab your favorite mug and join us for a virtual coffee break with some of the raddest outreach leaders on the planet. We'll get to hear about their stories, their communities, gain fresh wisdom, insight, and practical tools to help us serve the people in our city with the love of Jesus every single day. So grab your coffee, your notebook, and hit play. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Serve Brew Podcast. My name is Bree Russell, and I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. If you're a regular listener, you probably have recognized that I am not your normal host, the amazing one and only Tori Townley, who we all love and adore. She unfortunately isn't able to be on today, so she asked me if I would fill in for her. She is one of my all-time besties, and I get to have the privilege of serving alongside her with all things Servolution. And um, I feel like today, though, I have some pretty big shoes to fill. However, when she told me who I was getting to interview and chat with, I couldn't pass it up because I have always wanted to sit down and chat with him, and he actually was one of my college professors back in ministry school, so I'm just going to go ahead and introduce him. Hey, Kevin, you want to say hey to our listeners? Hey, I'm so glad to be a part of this. It's good to see you again. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on today. Uh, I'm going to, I want to go into a little bit deeper to why I'm so excited to get to sit down and chat with you. Um, but before we do that, I cannot move on. I cannot move forward without asking one very important question. Um, I would not do this podcast justice if I did not ask our all-time icebreaker question. So, okay. Kevin, what is your way of drinking your coffee? Or do you even drink coffee? Oh, I do. Uh, I was a barista for Caribou Coffee when we when we were in Charlotte, oh. uh, and we're part of a church plant. So um, nice. we have a nice okay. machine at home. So I'm kind of a snob when it comes to this. Uh, okay. I do okay. use Starbucks. I use Starbucks beans that I get, but I have my own espresso machine, and I go to Tuesday morning or Home Goods and get their sugar-free syrup. So my go-to would be four pumps of sugar-free caramel and sugar-free mocha with a mixture of almond milk and uh, heavy cream and six shots. <laughs> Whoa, okay, yes. <laughs> that is a so way I got it to down. do it. <laughs> uh, wow, that is, that's dedicated right there. <laughs> that's, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I, I have my coffee with me and I actually, um, I got my Holland's College oh, awesome. <laughs> in honor of you. So, oh, and right. telling the, um, all our listeners. So, like I said, you were my professor back in Highlands College. And I had you for one of my intro to preaching classes. I had you for like a deep dive into the book of Acts. However, I always wanted to get into your evangelism class that you taught. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because I also had the privilege of serving alongside you at the Birmingham Dream Center. I um, was in the outreach practicum. And then I also had the privilege of interning and then being on staff with the Birmingham Dream Center. So got to serve Mm -hmm. alongside you a lot. 
And I, any times I was on the admin side, so I get numbers in and I always knew when we had numbers, a lot, and I would say it was a good many numbers coming back for salvations. I always knew Kevin, Pastor Kevin Bussey was out there. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and so Pastor Kevin, I just want to honor you. And I just, um, for just your heart for outreach and for your heart for sharing the gospel. And that's really why when me and Tori were talking, we wanted to bring you on because you have such a gift for sharing the gospel. And I, so I want to dive into that. I want you to share your wisdom with that, with our listeners. But before we do that, would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself, um, what you do and how did you get involved in outreach? Okay. Um, well, I was, uh, I was born into a, a ministry family. My dad worked for You for Christ Campus Life for over 30 years. And then my parents just retired for the second time uh, last month from Campus Crusade, which is now called Crew. So I, you know, I had that ministry mindset all along. Uh, I grew up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where my dad was, he was Youth for Christ director there, uh, but they now live in South Carolina. And um, I knew I was called to ministry in high school, but um, in the denomination I was at that time, they kind of scared me when I went off to the college I went to. So I, I, I sort of floundered around. I mean, I was never a rebellious. I just didn't, I didn't do anything with it. And then I became a high school football coach at uh, a church, at a school up in, in Huntsville, Alabama, Madison. And we got involved in a real good church there. There wasn't a Highlands at the time, but I mean, it was a real good church and they were very evangelistic. And I went to one of their evangelism training programs that we went and just did visitations, what they called it. And I started seeing fruit. So that's kind of how, how that all happened. Um, but I, I know I didn't to tell you a little more about me. I, I, I've been married. We'll be married 34 years to my wife, Cass, who, uh, who works here at Highlands. She's on the SDU side, uh, our partner school. She's the admissions representative. We have two children, our son, Jacob, and his wife, Hannah. And we just had our first grandbaby two weeks ago. Uh, her name's Hallie. And then our daughter, Hope. Uh, is, a, is a graduate of Highlands College, and she's on staff at a church up in Madison, Alabama, at Cross Point. She's the social media uh, and graphic designer, and she's mm-hmm. getting married this October. So uh, okay. we've got a long line of ministry, so love love that. Um, when I felt finally, though, called to ministry, we we decided to go, and I was telling someone about this yesterday, our, our reason for going to seminary out in Fort Worth, Texas, was, was not really spiritual. <laughs> we looked at there in New Orleans, and... Uh, the reason we went, ended up in Fort Worth was because uh, Cass, my wife, has a social work degree and Texas would just take a $50 check and give her, uh, allow her to move over where in New Orleans she would have had to have a master's degree. So I would like to say it's more spiritual than that, but that's why we ended up there. But we, we God uses we it all. <laughs> and I was on staff uh, at a church where I were in Fort Worth. Uh, I was a youth minister. And then in Jacksonville, North Carolina, I was a youth minister. And then my home pastor called me back to, well, to his church when he moved to Atlanta. And I was an evangelism pastor at his church. And then we planted a church. And I've also been a transition pastor. And then we came back here uh, almost 14 years ago where I've been working with the workplace ministry until just recently. And I was telling you before we recorded that I'm now full-time with Highlands as of last week. Yeah, so excited about that. 
So exciting. Well-deserved. And um, I love your family. I got to be with them when I was in Highlands College. I, me and your daughter, were, I hope we're in some classes together. And um, so just love your heart, love your family, and um, just ev everything you do, God is just definitely there's anointing on your life and your family. And I love that y'all yeah. do it all together. And that's just yeah. great. That's so cool. Well, um, okay. So you told us a little bit about your journey of um, mm -hmm. just into ministry yeah. and, and which of course we all know as Christians that we ministry, we all have the goal to reach people with the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, he says, go right. therefore and make disciples. So, but you have just an amazing gift. And I saw it when at the Birmingham Dream Center and of just reaching people, sharing the gospel, um, having gospel conversations. I mean, you can say the gift of evangelism. Some people might mm -hmm. think that word's a little old school, but I mean, that's, yeah. you have the gift of evangelism and you're able to have gospel conversations in such a down to earth, um, no strings attached kind of way that offers people hope. And I just, I want you to kind of dive in to how that passion developed in you. You have the gift. How did, you know, as Paul says in the Bible, how did you fan that into flame, that gift? Okay. No, that's a good question. Um, when we were in, up in Huntsville, I was, uh, I was a high school football coach and, and we were, we were going to church. We were very active, but it, I just didn't feel fulfilled. And so I went and talked to my pastor about it. Um, and at that time I also changed and started selling wire and I was traveling around the country half, half the week I was out of town. And then other week I was, um, I was in there making calls, trying to get appointments for the next week. And I just, I, but I kept feeling this call that to ministry. And so I talked to my pastor about it and he said, if you could do anything else, I'd be happy to do it. Um, so I don't know if that was a good thing or not, but I, I put out a fleece and, uh, I, I gave God my, my job and three days later the whole sales force was let go and so we kind of thought well that's a, a sign to, that we're going to seminary and and so we we did we went to fort worth texas and while i was there i was I, they encouraged us to get a church it's not like highlands college where they really have the practicums we didn't have practicums at the seminary so if you're going to get any kind of practical ministry you had to do it on your own and so i became a youth minister at a church in north fort worth and uh, just started seeing a lot of fruit of leading students to Christ. And it just, um, when I got my full, first full-time position was out of seminary, I went to Jacksonville, North Carolina, where Camp Lejeune Marine Base is. And it was a very traditional church, but they had a lot of Marines there. And I just, I guess I took my training from watching my dad with, with Campus Life, View for Christ Campus Life. And we very, basically did a parent church ministry within the church. And we started seeing hundreds of students come to Christ. It was a youth ministry of about 20. And by the time I left, it was well in the hundreds. And uh, I just kept seeing people come to Christ there. And what was really exciting to me is when, when some of my students would lead their friends to Christ. That, that even made me more excited. Yeah. And then my home pastor moved from Huntsville to, to Atlanta. And he, he just knew I had to get to evangelism. And he called me to come be his evangelism pastor. Now, I was, I was taught, I was 
encouraged to train with a with a denominational way of training at that time. And I'm not I'm very grateful for my training, my my heritage, but I didn't like the way we were doing it because it was that knock on doors and there, it wasn't a matter of, of bringing anything to anyone. It was just trying to get them into your church. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I read a book because I know later on I'm supposed to give you some recommendations, but I read, read a book by Bill Hybels and Mark Mettlenberg called Becoming a Contagious Christian. And, it, and I read it and I thought, that's me, because it wasn't a matter of forcing anything on anyone. It was just a matter of being a lifestyle evangelism and sharing your faith. Mm-hmm. And so... But I had to teach the way that they taught us. And it was this it was this method that you use your fingers and you spread out the word faith. And again, I'm not opposed to anything. Any evangelism training is great, but it just it was kind of hokey. But but I remember I was also the singles pastor. And so I went to a singles metro. It was all these large church pastors. And we met down and we got to suffer in Naples, Florida at the Ritz-Carlton. And at, at dinner, everyone was buzzing about this evangelism training. They said, hey, has any of y'all, have any of y'all been through it? And I had just gone through it. And I, they said, well, hey, try it on our waitress. Well, I'd like to tell you I prayed about it, but I didn't. But next thing I know, I led the waitress to Christ. And they're all with their mouths open. And I'm like, you know, but evangelism works how, as long as you do it. And then the next day, my rental car had a flat and they sent somebody out to fix it. And I led, led him to Christ. So it was just, I think once you get that training, you, it's just like you just want to start doing it. And um, it's kind of a joke. My wife knows that I, I have it. And, and we went on some, uh, some of the work that she was with, with, with. And we went to Dallas. We flew to Dallas a few years ago since we've been in Birmingham. And they picked us up in a, I wouldn't say a limo, but it was a limo driver in a, in a SUV. And um, before you knew it, my wife, I saw her, she's had this little smirk on her face. She was like, you don't know what you're into. Cause I was there sharing the gospel with this guy. So it just, it's just what I do. I mean, it's just kind of natural. Who you are. <laughs> yeah, so it is. Cool. I mean, but I love that you're saying like, you did have some training now. Mm-hmm. And you know, I also, I would say I grew up in a church and I, I'm thankful for some of the ways I was taught to be able to share the gospel. Um, you know, I was actually thinking about it earlier today because to, today is actually um, 15 years that I have been walking with Jesus. I got Amen. saved June 7th, 2007. So wow. I'm, so I love that we're getting to be on here and talk about um, sharing the gospel because, you know, from the moment I experienced Jesus, I, I had a heart to reach people as well. And that's why we're, you know, me and you both are love outreach and reaching people. And I was trained. I had some training, but I do feel like, especially in the world we're living in today, it's kind of a modern post-Christian, even post-COVID world now. And knowing how to share that gospel to people, sometimes not say, like you said, you can't discredit any way of reaching people, but what is the most effective way to reach people in the world we live in today? And I think you've been on a journey of just taking the gift you had, taking the training you had and discovering like what's effective for the people God places in my path. And so I would love for you to just give us some of your thoughts on one how you think evangelism has evolved over time and especially in this 
we kind of live in a crazy world right now mm -hmm. and how we can effectively reach people with the gospel. What is, what is your process? What is your, your method? <laughs> you could say, yeah. but I know it just naturally comes from you, but just giving some practical to our listeners. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd be glad to. And I guess I need to start first to let you know that I wasn't always like this. What I was, I, I became a Christian when I was five years old. I mean, I, and I really believe I was, but I became a Pharisee. I, our church was good, but it was so conservative. It was almost like we looked down on everybody and growing up in Tuscaloosa, it's a wild town. You know, everybody you saw, I would, I would look down on them. In fact, my dad's staff even had to tell him that I was hindering their ministry <laughs> because I was so snobby and what happened. And it's almost like I, I, I joke with it. It was like, I became, I was the Grinch and my heart needed to break. And what happened is not a friend, my best friend. I mean, my best friend in the world who was in my discipleship group with me, he got his girlfriend pregnant. And had it been anyone else, I would have been lobbing, you know, accusations toward him. But it was my best friend. And I saw the way my church treated him. And, and he eventually got out of church. And just recently, I got back in touch with him. And we're, we're going to get back together. But I think my heart broke then because it, was a, it wasn't just a friend. It was my best friend. And so I, I think that's what, what changed me to where I started seeing people through the eyes of, of them being people, not what they're, what they're doing. Mm. And so now I look at everybody as, as someone that God loves. And uh, in seminary, I had a professor who was, who's shaped my life forever, Dr. Roy Fish, who passed away a few years ago. But he said that it takes the average person seven times to hear the gospel. Mm. And he looked at us, he goes, are you willing to be number six? And so I've thought about that over and over and over. And, and I'm also a hockey fan. I know being in the South is kind of funny, but I love Wayne Gretzky and, and people joke about this quote, but, it, but I, I think about it in evangelism that he says, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Well, in evangelism, I think the same way, if you don't share your, your faith, no one's going to hear the gospel. So um, the, all that happened. And then about 14 years ago, I went, I went on staff with a, a workplace ministry and our, our founder was a man named Mark Kress. And he taught me something that has changed my ministry forever. It's called permission-based evangelism. And so anytime I'm sharing with someone, I'll say, Hey, is it okay if I share with you about something that's made a difference in my life? Uh, if they don't have a church background, I kind of do what Andy Stanley talks about. I don't even mention the Bible. I just say, well, Paul, who was a follower of Jesus said this, but, but if they have a church background of any sort, I'll say the Bible says, but I'll say, is it okay if I share with you? If they say no, I don't worry about it. I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm concerned for them, but I, I back off because I learned years ago that it's not up to me to lead, lead people to Christ. It's up to the Holy Spirit. My job is just to share. And so permission has changed everything. And so I'll never forget the first time I went to the Dream Center, um, Kevin Farmer, who was one of my former students, he was there and he, he invited me to come. And the first Sunday I went out, I was just kind of observing. And this lady, other, other lady was her first time. Well, about the third or fourth door, I don't know, it just, it just kind of kicked in for me. And I started sharing and, and, and the next thing I know, I led someone to Christ. And she looked at me, she goes, I thought this was your first time. And I kind of laughed. I said, well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a ringer. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so, and, and so I haven't stopped going ever since. Yeah. And so 
the the permission has has changed everything and so that's what i i try to teach anyone if you ask somebody permission if they give you permission then they're how are they going to argue with you when you start sharing with them yeah wow that's i i love that i feel like that just one what you were saying about you know are you willing to be number six and not number mm -hmm. seven when sharing the gospel with somebody i think that just one that requires some humility on our side you know, and really it's letting God be God. <laughs> and cause yeah. he's the one who ultimately changes people's lives. So I love that. And I kind of feel like it takes the pressure off of us just a little bit. Um, not feeling like we have to be the one to lead them in that prayer every time, but just being willing to share the gospel with them. And exactly. like, that's an, I love that. And what you were saying about asking permission, like, that's that's good <laughs> that's good stuff yeah. right there like i i feel like for me that just like changes it like can i share with you like and if they say yes like you were saying there's nothing there's nothing they can say to that and it's a very it it takes away where i feel like for believers and for individuals in outreach and the kind of how we feel like we're invading a little bit and try, we don't want it to be awkward or weird. We're not trying to be that. We're not trying to hit you on the side of the head with the Bible, but asking permission just takes right. all that away. So I love that. That is awesome. Uh -huh. Wow. So um, what encouragement would you have? So I feel like there's a lot of listeners on here who they're like, man, I love what he's doing, but I, I don't know if I could, like, that's a spiritual gift for evangelism. I do outreach, uh -huh. I'll, I'll do acts of kindness, but sharing the gospel, or maybe for an individual who's like, yeah, I have the gift of sharing the, like evangelism, and I want to develop it more. So what can we do to really, you, you just gave us one amazing practical tip, but what can we do to inspire? kind of fan into flame that boldness to even ask that permission um, to have those conversations with people? Well, again, that's a good question. Uh, first of all, I think you have to remember the whole, the Holy Spirit's the one that does the, does the saving. And when I finally realized that it took all the pressure off because it's not up to me to lead anyone to Christ, but my job is to share, you know, Matthew 28, it says to go make disciples, you know, there's baptizing the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I'm supposed to go out and share the gospel. Now, for someone that doesn't feel led, it doesn't feel like they have that gift. I, I understand that. But I also know that that my wife, although we joke, she says she doesn't have this gift anymore, but she, I always thought she's had the gift of mercy. And I don't have the gift of mercy, but I'm still supposed to be merciful. Mm. And, you know, at Highlands, we have those, those kindness cards that we hand out. And I, ha I have some in my wallet. And there are times where people come up and hit me up for, for money or, or gas or something. and and so. I'm still supposed to be merciful. And so even though that's not a spiritual gift, if I have the fruit of the spirit, I'm supposed to have all the gifts. And so, so um, the same with evangelism, you may not have the gift of evangelism, but we're still supposed to share. 
And, and the beauty of some, you know, I don't know what all the other churches do it, but I know here at Highlands, we make it so simple. If you just invite them, then you know they're going to hear the gospel. So I would say build relationships with people. But I ask a lot of questions. I mean, when I, when we're, and, I, and I know it sounds crazy, even the door to door when we're passing out groceries, but I just ask them questions. Well, tell me about this. Tell me about that. And don't ask them, ask them questions that are open-ended to where they have to, to tell you, tell you more about it. Uh, when we're, we, we ask to pray for people when we're going on our, our door to door teams at the dream center and whatever they pray for, I pray for, uh, I've had someone in my workplace ministry ask me to pray for a weld. And you may think, well, a well, that's kind of funny, but he could lose his job if the weld isn't good and, and they make drawbridges. So you want them to make sure they're good. Uh, but I prayed for it. And so the next week I asked him how it went and it opened up conversations. So as long as it's nothing illegal, I'll pray for anything. So, and just ask them about their family, ask them about what, how they're feeling. Uh, ask them just, if you ask lots of questions, then that builds a relationship. And you, and I think you can build relationships on the spot with someone if you just get to know them right there. Yeah. yeah. And I think what you just said is so important, the relational component behind sharing the gospel. You know, that's how mm-hmm. Jesus did things. He did things relationally. And at, that's when we're going into those conversations, you don't want to just go straight into that question of like, do you know if you're going to heaven or hell? Because you know, right. I, I don't know you. <laughs> I'm not going to share yeah. that. I'm not going to answer that. Like that, you know, people don't, don't receive that mm-hmm. well when you go into it without that relationship, without, but when you're, and I love what you were saying. And I think this is the heart of outreach. When you do something to meet one of their needs, when you show you care, when you, sh- through acts of kindness, which is what we're all about on in Servolution, that's what we're uh-huh. inspiring is acts of kindness. And the goal of those acts of kindness is to just show people, you know, that right. there is hope and there is love still in this world. And it, I believe it also helps you build that relationship with people. And when you offer to pray for people and then what you did, you followed up with it. You asked them later, like, how'd this go? And that I think builds trust and builds relationship and a I love how you're like, it's not even just a one-time thing, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a process. And um, so I love that. I love um, how you go about it and the relational component to it. And um, I, so you're in the Birmingham Dream Center world. I would love to get your thoughts on, you know, cause serve day is coming up and Mm -hmm. my favorite day of the year. (laughs) It's my favorite day too. So excited. And we're, And it's a day where churches all across the world are going to go out and do acts of kindness. We're going to love on our cities and our communities. And so for you, because you were talking about this, what is, what is, why, why why do you think it's important for us to proceed with acts of kindness? Or um, why do you think, you know, days such as serve day are important for sharing the gospel. And then how can we mm-hmm. on days such as serve day, you know, share the gospel or should we just wait for the opportunity? How do we navigate that? What is, what is your thought process when you go into serve day or into first Saturday serves? 
Are you going well, in like, I'm going to share the gospel with somebody or is it, we're just going to see how it goes. I always have plans to share the gospel. I mean, and just wherever I'm, I'm always looking for, I pray every day. There's two prayers I pray. Uh, I pray for wisdom, James 1, 5. In fact, it was your brother who caught me in class. I said, I wanted to be the wisest man ever. And he goes, uh, didn't the Bible say Solomon was gonna be the wisest man ever? So that's kind of a, that's kind of a joke. <laughs> My brother being cheeky. <laughs> yeah. But the second prayer I pray is for eyes to see and ears to hear. I pray it every day. And so when, now wherever I'm looking, I'm just, I'm like a, a athlete with a like head on swivel and just looking for any opportunity for uh, God to give me to share the gospel and, and share the love of Christ. So I go into every, every first Saturday, sir, anytime uh, I'm anywhere looking for someone to share the gospel with. So I'm doing that. Um, I realize not everybody feels as comfortable with it, but I think you just have to, you just have to try it. And I would say that um, don't ever do ministry alone. And so what I always try to do is I invite students to come with me and it doesn't affect their grade. I say, this doesn't have anything to do with their grade, but I've gotten now a reputation of seeing fruit. So students want to come. And so here's, here's how I do it. Um, I'll take them out. I'll say, look, you don't have to talk at first. I said, so I'll do it first. And then if they see some things going on and then when they get a little more comfortable, they start knocking on the doors and maybe opening up. And then I'll, I'll, I'll even get it to a certain point with the gospel. Uh, and in fact, uh, Hamid, who's here at Highlands College, he went with me one time when he was still a student and it got to the point where I said, uh, what, is it okay if we share with you about how you can have a relationship with God? And the person said, yes. And I turned around, I said, Hamid, why don't you share with them? And he was like, you know, so <laughs> I kind of put him on the spot, but that's kind of how I do with them is, is to help, help train people. And then when, then after that, then you start letting them do it themselves. And so the last couple of months, I've seen a, a student named Sterling and a student named Michael who are here, who are uh, going to now be third, second and third semester students this next term. They got to lead their first people to Christ. And so I, I think it's amazing when you could do things like that. So I would just say, just start uh, doing something. I'm not against tracks. I mean, if someone wants to use a track, it's fine. I don't personally use them because I, I don't want it to look like I'm trying to sell something. But I understand the purpose of track sometimes to help walk people through. So if whatever it takes to, to share the gospel, that's good. There are also Bibles, you know, that have mark, markings in them you can use. Mm -hmm. But you have to understand sometimes you're going to talk to people in some parts of the country that don't, don't even believe the Bible. So that's where you talk about, you know, followers of Jesus, Paul and Peter and, and others, uh, James, the, uh, James, the brother of Jesus. You know, if the brother of Jesus is going to say that his brother's a Messiah, then you have to believe something. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so, so that's how, that's what I do there. Um, and, and, and um, I don't ever, don't ever argue with people. It doesn't get you anywhere. In fact, that could be a whole social media thing to talk about, but I don't ever, ever argue with people. In fact, I, a, a great book I just read a couple of weeks ago was Andy Stanley's Not In It to Win It. And I could have written the book because that's kind of how I feel what he said. Arguments don't get us anywhere. And so when I go somewhere and they want to start an argument, uh, I, I just kind of back off and, and, and don't go there because I, I know that obviously it's not time to do something. Uh, Saturday on our first Saturday serve, there was a guy I shared the gospel with him all the way through and I asked if he was ready to make a decision. He wasn't ready. I don't force anything on anyone. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably skilled enough that I could manipulate someone into make, making a prayer, but that's not good either, because then it yeah. doesn't mean anything. That's good. That's really good. Like, I, I love all the points you were saying there, not 
forcing it on people, not manipulating it. That's not what we're trying mm-hmm. to do. And that's not what we're trying to do when we're doing acts of kindness or giving groceries to people. We're just trying to show the love of God right. and hoping it softens people's hearts and opens it to see that there is a better way. There is um, a way of joy and peace. And um, so I, I love that. I love how you go about it. I think that just shows how much you've like developed your gift and the wisdom you have with it. Because I think we all start passionate about sharing the gospel and, and then we have to navigate and we, I think the Holy Spirit helps and teaches us how we can um, do it in a way that is just truly effective where you see true fruit. And cause that's important. We're not about, it's not about the number of people that it's about genuine people come, coming to Christ. So you want to, right. I love that. I love how you go about it. And um, I love how you, <laughs> how you are with your Highlands College students and how you're training them and investing in them. And so I, we've talked a lot about as individuals, as how, we, as believers, as followers of Christ, how we can share the gospel. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of our listeners are outreach and church leaders. And so they may be like, I'm fired up. I, I'm going to take this advice. I'm going to share the gospel on my own, but how do I instill it into my teams? How do I train my teams in sharing the gospel? So any advice you would have in just how to encourage, how to fan into flame the passion to share the gospel, like you were doing with your Highlands College students? Well, I mean, I think, I think it is good to get training of some sort. Because uh, if you don't know how to, how to share the gospel, then it's it, you're not going to do it. So whether that's reading a book, uh, if it's going to you know a training at a church at your church or, or, or a conference or something like that, that that's all good. Um, I've been through you know evangelism explosion and all these other things all throughout the years, and I, I probably use parts of them in everything I do. But I personally use the Roman road. Uh, it's just. It's not, it's not a road in Rome for anyone. I mean, most of the church people know that, but it's just, it's just uh, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 10.9 and 10, and Romans 10.13. And I just take people down and I have, a, I have those verses memorized, so it just comes out very easily. I also adapt it with the bridge illustration. And when I get to Romans 5.8, where it says, God demonstrates his own love towards us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I tell them, I said, you know, a lot of people get to heaven by, want to get to heaven by being a good person. By going to church and none of it's good enough because there's a big gulf and i just say that we need a bridge and that's jesus and and so i i kind of combo those in there but i i would say get some sort of training like that there's so many things on on there that you know there's the three circle illustration there's um you know campus crew which used to be campus crusade has some great great tools to use all those are good uh i i mean i still think the Master Plan of Evangelism is one of the best books. It's a, it's a classic by Robert Coleman. And Becoming a Contagious Christian definitely helped me. And then another book that, uh, that he wrote called uh, Just a Walk Across the Room. It's just, sometimes you just have to get out of your own self and just say, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm going to do this anyway. And then, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this because I'm on this podcast, but Servolution, uh, that book helped me. Years ago, I was a pastor, a struggling pastor in, in in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I, I reached out to Pastor Dino when he was still down in Baton Rouge, and his church helped me, called me, helped me through doing some kindness evangelism, um, 
and I just know that 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 really helped me a lot back then. And so that's why it, it's kind of funny. The first time I ever went to Highlands was he wasn't even a pastor here. He was just a guest pastor, and it was like it was a sign when I saw him. I thought, okay, this I'm, I'm good because I knew who he was. But that's a great great book too. Um, and so those those all all have been good books to, to help me. And, and I know I, one of the questions was also some podcasts. Um, you know, I don't know any necessarily any ones that I've seen that are on evangelism. Maybe I need to start one. I don't know. <laughs> but some that have helped me, some that have helped me, uh, Craig Rochelle's leadership podcast, uh, Andy Stanley's leadership podcast, and then the Grow One by Pastor Chris. In fact, the last two, uh, the one Pastor Dino just did, and then uh, Fred Marker did the one before that. I was so pumped about that. Uh, and then Carrie Newhoff's podcast is like a, a must listen to. That's where I get a lot of the books that I listen to. Uh, it's by, by people he has on there. He has a lot of people that are very passionate about evangelism on there. And um, I, I use an app called Scribe. It's, ten, it's $10 a month and it's unlimited books. So I listen to books all the time. And so I don't feel bad if a book's not good after the first chapter, I'll, I'll, I'll go to another one. But I've, I've gotten a lot of good books on there on evangelism that I've, I've listened to. Wow, that's incredible. That's I love all the, hearing all those resources. I um, that's amazing, and I I listen to some of those podcasts, and I I love them, and of course, Servolution, and then uh, oh. gosh, I everything you've just given us in this podcast is just so great. Just these little things that it's like, oh yeah, I can do that. Like the no pressure, take it off, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. asking for permission, and just um, just sharing our faith, you know, sharing our story. And then also, you know, taking the time to invest in, in training to share the gospel, because that is, you know, while we're here as believers yeah. and we're, we're his ambassadors. So um, you are just full of so much wisdom. I can't wait to actually go back and re-listen to this podcast and just like take notes on everything. So um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, so before we go, I would love for you just to share maybe a story that, um, you know, of a gospel conversation you've had with somebody that was just very impactful in your own life. Well, I mean, it's kind of funny. Um, two months ago, we were at the, at the Dream Center and they, they have a little shopping area where they can get clothes and a guy was coming out named Michael and I just started talking to him and asked him about his relationship with God. He had just gotten out of jail mm -hmm. and um, he was open to, and let me share the gospel with him. He prayed to see Christ right there. And then he said, uh, what are y'all doing? And I told him what we were doing. He said, well, can I go with y'all? So we got him a red shirt. I introduced him to Pastor Jamil, who's uh, the uh, Uptown Campus pastor. It's going to be Woodlawn as soon as we open that. And and said, uh, Pastor Deville, this is Michael. He just got he just got saved. He's going out with us, and he's going to come tomorrow to get baptized. And I'm sure Pastor Jamil thought, yeah, right. Well, Trevor, I mean, uh, Michael went out with us. We we led some more people to Christ, and then he told me he would meet he would meet me at church. So I went to Uptown. That's not the campus I normally go to. We go to Grandview, but I went down. My wife and I did, and sure enough, he showed up, came on the bus, he got baptized. And it was just amazing. I mean, it's just unbelievable that, you know, that day. And then one more story that just happened Saturday is a guy named Trevor, who I led to Christ a few months ago. He came on his own to go serve with us and went on our wow. team Saturday. So, ah. so 
you know, you, people say, well, does this always work? Well, not everybody is, but I mean, you go to the parable, the parable of the sower, not all the, not yeah. all the, the seed sprouts, but th there's two stories I can tell you right there that did. Wow. Those stories are my favorite kind of stories. They make my heart so happy. Um, Cause sometimes I love, I love those stories where it's like, they just see you're out serving, doing things for the community and then they jump in and then they get a taste of purpose and they're like, wait, where does this come from? Like, I want yeah. more. And then right. it just, and then people discovering Christ and then just going on that journey of making a difference for themselves. Like that's incredible. And that's, you know, that's what Servolution's all about, you know, reaching people Amen. and loving people and then those people who we reach loving more people and um as pastor dino would call it it's a servolution so i i love it and it's all for the glory of god so thank you kevin so much for coming on today and sharing your wisdom with us and um for for honestly building the kingdom for jesus like you're gonna get many crowns in heaven <laughs> oh well I know it's not why you're doing it, but um, they're very well deserved. So thank you. And thank you for always encouraging me in um, sharing the gospel. So I well, thank you listeners for jumping on for, with us today. And uh, we look forward to having you on next time. Hey, thanks so much for joining in on today's conversation. Don't forget to hit subscribe to see who we'll be having coffee with next time on The Serve Brew.